Hello, everyone. Welcome to Minghui Radio, bringing you podcasts of stories relating to the persecution of Falun Gong in China, insights and experiences gained by practitioners during the course of their cultivation, special items of interest, and music composed and performed by Dafa practitioners. The following is an experience sharing article from the 20th China Fahui entitled "My Marriage Became Stable After I Eliminated My Attachments" by a Falun Dafa practitioner in China. The article was published on the Minghui website on November 18, 2023. Greetings, Master. Greetings, fellow practitioners. I am 63 years old, and I began practicing Falun Dafa in 1996. On the occasion of the 20th China Fahui hosted by the Minghui website, I would like to tell you how I let go of my attachment to having a comfortable family life. Part One: Miracles After I Began Practicing Falun Dafa. My husband and I and my in-laws all worked at the same place. Right from the start, my husband and I had a strong and harmonious relationship. He is kind, modest, and capable. After we married, his kindness extended to me and my entire family, and we were happy. I was diagnosed with tuberculosis when my son was two and a half years old. I coughed, ran a fever, and was in pain. I was hospitalized and had three surgeries. The doctors removed a section from one of my ribs. While I was recovering, the doctor said I had pleural tuberculosis, which could only be managed with medication. The extended treatment made my stomach, liver, and eyes inflamed. I became weak and could not sleep. Taking care of my child was daunting, especially with my husband working out of town. My mother had to help me. I couldn't climb stairs or lift anything. Life seemed unbearably bitter. In August 1996, my mother began practicing Falun Dafa and praised its health benefits. Intrigued, I read the introductory book Falun Gong, which deeply touched me. My mother taught me to meditate. When I meditated, I entered a state of tranquility and experienced a profound sense of relaxation. After I began practicing, my pain and illness gradually disappeared. My health improved significantly. I felt energetic and stopped taking medicine. In 1998, at the annual physical exam at my workplace, all of my health indicators were normal. The doctors couldn't believe it. The section of my rib that was removed had grown back. Part two: Support from my husband. My husband was well aware of the torment caused by my illness, and he endured a great deal with me. Witnessing the miracles that occurred after I began practicing, he stood by me, especially during the early stages of the Chinese Communist Party (CCP)'s persecution of Falun Dafa. He actively assisted me in clarifying the truth about Falun Dafa to others. When the CCP initiated the persecution in 1999, practitioners used various means to clarify the truth, and some went to Beijing to seek justice for Dafa. The CCP issued orders to every workplace to monitor practitioners. Failure to comply would result in intensified persecution, and the leaders at all levels were threatened with persecution. On February 2nd, 2000, around the Chinese New Year, 
I once again took the train to Beijing with five other practitioners to petition. I was arrested and taken back home to the local police station. I was illegally detained for 55 days. My family had to pay nearly 4,000 yuan, and I was released. When I returned home, my workplace leader told my husband to stay home and watch me in order to prevent me from going to Beijing again. They threatened to fire him if he failed to comply. My husband stood firmly on the law and human rights. He said, This violates the law. The Chinese constitution guarantees freedom of belief. My wife was gravely ill, but her illnesses were resolved after she began practicing Falun Dafa. I witness this. I understand and support her practice. Faced with my husband's unwavering support, the leader remained silent, despite repeated requests from the police that my husband monitor me. He refused. My husband's unwavering support comforted and encouraged me. My husband joined our efforts to rescue fellow practitioners and became our driver. Unfortunately, We were all arrested, and my husband was detained for 20 days. After his release, he went to another city to work. When I visited, he appeared visibly depressed but remained silent. Afterwards, he no longer offered to help practitioners. Part 3 Marital Challenges I was repeatedly arrested and detained because I refused to stop practicing. My home was ransacked many times, and I was extorted a significant amount of money. The constant worry and fear experienced by my family and friends took a toll. My husband endured a great deal, but never complained. In my single minded pursuit of validating the Fa, I neglected him. One year, when he returned home for the holidays, he told me he was seeing another woman and wanted to divorce me. He said he was tired of living with the intense pressure my practicing placed him under, although I was shocked. I realized it was a test and I remained calm. He listened quietly as I firmly said, We cannot get divorced. Our relationship has always been strong and it is not something we can just walk away from. I can't accept it and I won't accept it. He responded, All right then. After the holidays, he returned to work in the other city. After he left, my heart churned and I couldn't calm down. I was angry and indignant. I resented the woman he was involved with. While I understood my husband's fear of persecution, the affair and his asking for divorce took me by surprise. Recalling the challenges we weathered together, I held our marriage in high regard. And felt our relationship was stable. I also did not want my friends and relatives to think badly of Falun Dafa. I decided to focus on doing the three things well. During this time, my child underwent two surgeries, and I longed for my husband's support. I felt a profound sense of loss and pain. Whenever my husband returned home, he asked for a divorce and said he was still seeing the other woman. I lengthened the time I sent righteous thoughts to eliminate my jealousy, resentment, competition, and lust. I had numerous heartfelt conversations with my husband and wrote a letter to the other woman. Once when my husband returned home, I organized a dinner at a restaurant 
and invited a local practitioner couple to join us. After they talked with him, my husband stopped asking for a divorce. However, his visits home became less frequent, and he finally stopped coming home. The ongoing emotional strain left me physically and mentally drained. I sometimes felt depressed and thought, it doesn't matter. I'll just let it go. I had a vivid dream in which I was a man who left home. I abandoned my wife, who eventually passed away while sorrowfully waiting for me. I wished to see her one last time and hurried home. When I uncovered her face, it was my husband in this lifetime. I realized the old forces arranged this tribulation. While the test might help my personal cultivation, I understood that because of our mission of assisting Master in rectifying the Fa and saving all sentient beings, such arrangements were interference. I decided to let go of my attachment to my marriage and regard the tribulation with righteous thoughts. The old forces sought to exploit my vulnerabilities and tarnish the reputation of practitioners. This interference was unacceptable, and I decided to deny it. I continued to focus on improving myself and do the three things well. I stopped worrying about whether my husband would ever return home. As soon as I let go of my attachments, my husband returned for New Year's Eve. He purchased groceries and cooked meals as if nothing ever happened. The looming divorce dissipated like a fleeting dream. Part 4. Cultivating in a Family Setting In recent years, especially before my husband retired, I had a simple life and maintained a busy and structured routine. Mornings were dedicated to practicing the exercises, followed by participating in various FOSS study groups. After a brief lunch break, I go out and talk to people about Falun Dafa. I participated in a few smaller FOSS study groups in the evening, usually returning home around 9 or 10 p.m. When I lived alone, my meals were simple and household chores were manageable. However, with my husband's presence, I recognized the need to take on more responsibilities. I took charge of preparing meals and managing all the household work, I sometimes postponed the housework until evening after returning from the group FOSS study. My husband expressed his frustration. You are busier than the prime minister, and our home has become like a hotel for you. What kind of life are you leading? You can't do housework at night. It will disturb the neighbors. Can't you go out after doing the dishes? I failed to control my temper and retorted, Do it yourself if you don't like how I do the dishes. Don't complain if you're not willing to help. I immediately recognized my lapse and realized I should not have talked back. Realizing my husband lacked understanding about the reasons behind my daily routine, I calmly apologized. I'm sorry. You are correct. I have been late with the housework and it affects the neighbors. I will make an effort to complete the housework in a timely manner from now on. I then elaborated on why I needed to go out to study the FA with fellow practitioners in the evening. I emphasized that senior practitioners in those study groups required assistance and encouragement, especially during challenging times. As I explained why, I considered him someone who came for the FA. Even though he does not practice, I believed he could share some responsibilities. 
I emphasize that if family members of Dafa disciples contribute to household chores, they can accumulate virtue. I made a sincere effort to do better at home. Whenever time permitted, I cooked delicious meals for my husband. By making sure he knew when I'd return, I alleviated his concerns. Over time, my husband better understood my activities, the reason I did things, and how he could offer support. I was initially responsible for all the household chores and groceries, but now my husband actively helps and lightens my load significantly. When I need to be away longer than usual, he reassures me, it's okay, don't worry about me, just focus on staying safe. During a roof renovation conducted by the residential management company, I asked my husband to remove the television receiver so it wouldn't be damaged. However, when I returned home, I noticed a crane parked in front of our building, but the receiver was still in place. I asked my husband, why haven't you taken the receiver down? The renovation has already begun. He said, they said they weren't going to start today. Realizing my error, I promptly apologize, acknowledging my inappropriate tone. I said, I have been practicing for over 20 years, but I still can't handle this well. To my surprise, my husband calmly responded, you've done pretty well. It dawned on me that he genuinely recognized Dafa disciples from the depths of his heart. Through numerous instances like these, each giving me the valuable opportunity to let go of my attachments and improve myself, I kept looking inward. As my husband witnessed the ongoing changes in me, he too underwent a radical change in his perspective and behavior. He now actively assists me in various ways. When I can't make it to the FOSS study group, he goes on my behalf and tells them, given safety concerns, we avoid using cell phones for sensitive discussions. He also helps deliver items to other practitioners. When I need to visit practitioners' homes that I haven't been to before, he accompanies me to ensure my safety. My husband's support stems from our marital relationship in the early stages of the persecution. On the surface, it's an expression of affection between husband and wife. However, his assistance is not just for me, but to validate the fa. He wholeheartedly helps as long as he contributes to saving people. My husband genuinely understands that Dafa disciples are virtuous and clarifying the truth to people is noble. I can now dedicate myself fully to validating the Fa without burdens on my mind and my environment is relaxed and focused. The following is an experience-sharing article presented at the 2023 Taiwan Falun Dafa Cultivation Experience-Sharing Conference entitled, Karaoke Business Owner Practices Falun Dafa Survives Car Accident with Righteous Thoughts by a Falun Dafa Practitioner in Taiwan. The article was published on the Minghui website on December 26, 2023. Greetings, Master and Fellow Practitioners. I became a Dafa practitioner in October of 2005. At that time, I owned a karaoke bar. Most other people go to work in the morning and come home at night, but my schedule was just the opposite. 
I would go to work at night and come home just as the sun was rising in the morning. On my way to and from work, I saw many advertisements with the words, Falandafa is great, and often wondered what it was all about. When I mentioned the ads to one of my staff members, he said, It's referring to Falun Gong. Someone gave Dong, another member of our staff, a book about Falun Gong. I quickly found this young man and asked him to bring the book to work with him and gave him a free drink as a thank you for giving me the book. When I first opened Juan Falun, I thought, isn't this the master that I saw in my dream? I had once had a vivid dream. I saw a tall and noble god with curly blue hair. In my dream, I understood that he was master, and his name was Lee. I wanted to practice Falun Gong after reading the book, but I didn't know where to learn the exercises. About that time, while taking a friend to a doctor's appointment, Master arranged for us to ride with one particular taxi driver. This lady happened to be a practitioner, and she gave me a Dafa flyer. After reading it, I realized that many people are practicing Falun Gong, and it improves people's health. There was a phone number on the flyer to inquire about a free nine-day introductory class. I signed up for the class and went to the first lecture on October 1st. At that time, I had suffered a stroke and often drank excessive amounts of alcohol, which made it difficult for me to sleep. As a result, I was taking a lot of medicine, both Chinese and Western, after I began to practice, I was finally able to get a good night's sleep. Master teaches that practitioners are forbidden from drinking alcohol. I thought, selling liquor is a major source of income for my shop. How am I going to make money if I quit drinking? Couldn't I just drink a little less? That night, a schoolteacher named Mr. Lin came by the bar for a drink. We stayed up drinking until after five in the morning. At that point, I began vomiting profusely and had severe diarrhea, it was so bad that I had to go to the hospital. One of my hostesses remarked, That's strange. All of us are fine. How did you get so sick? At the hospital, I was given an IV of fluids and recovered somewhat. Once back at home, I took some more medication and fell asleep. When I woke up, I had severe chest pains. I decided then and there that I would not take any more pills. I thought, I will recover after doing the exercises. I threw out the pills and stopped taking medication and only did the exercises. A few days later, a local police chief came by for a drink. He asked me to join him, but I told him I can't drink liquor anymore. He said that something weak like plum wine shouldn't be a problem. Because he was the police chief, I gave in and joined him. I drank the first glass and was about to pour myself a second one, when suddenly I developed a horrible headache. I had to tell him, I really cannot drink alcohol. My head feels like it's about to explode. From then on, I quit drinking entirely. Many people said, those in our industry cannot practice cultivation because they're used to the nightlife. As Dafa disciples, any environment we are in is a place for us to practice cultivation and tell people about Dafa. Because I run a karaoke shop, I have developed unique skills in public relations and have made a lot of friends. Many of them have attended Shenyun performances at my invitation, and whenever I attend social events, take the bus, or even just while walking down the street, I always carry flyers about Falun Dafa and origami lotus flowers with messages about Dafa in my backpack. I give them to predestined people and tell them about the persecution in China. When there is an opportunity, I exchange business cards with the person so I can introduce them to Shenyun when the time is right. I think it is arranged by Master that I use my unique personality to help him save sentient beings. I have enthusiastically gotten people to quit the CCP for nearly a decade. 
I sincerely hope that people won't miss this chance to be saved by Master. On March 21, 2021, I went out to do the exercises in the morning. I hopped on my bicycle and dashed out the door in a hurry. I don't know what happened while riding my bicycle, but when I woke up, it was the fourth day after I had been hit in a car accident. I looked at my son while lying in bed, and he asked, Are you awake? Someone is here to see you. It was only then that I learned I had been hit by a truck weighing over three tons, and as a result there was a hole in my head. I had cranial bleeding, my collarbone and thigh bone were fractured, my chest was injured, and my head had become deformed from the collision. It was Falun Gong that saved my life. I took medication and slept every day. I was in the hospital and spent day after day in a daze. One day I suddenly thought, why did I not do the exercises or send righteous thoughts? I asked my son to bring me an audio player. After examining my eyes, the doctor said my right eye was injured and I would not ever be able to see out of it again. But my son said, doesn't that mean you're disabled? I assured him, don't worry, I will slowly recover after I do the exercises. The second day after I went home, I began to do the exercises. Leaning against the bed, I endured the pain and did the movements. I took a break when I could not take it anymore. When I did the sitting meditation, I could not sit in the lotus position. I wept in pain. I asked Master for help. Master, I want to do the exercises. I must do the exercises. Please help me. I slowly pulled my legs into position. After a while, I took a rest and continued to sit in the lotus position. On the third day, I realized I was a cultivator all of a sudden. Master said in Lecture 4 of Juan Falun, quote, I would say that physical pain is the easiest thing to endure. Just grit your teeth and it's over. Unquote. I understood that a cultivator does not have any illness, just karma, and one will feel pain while eliminating karma. So if it hurts, just let it be. Regardless of the pain, I must continue to do the exercises. The karma has reached the surface. Things will turn around after reaching an extreme. I did not take any medicine. When I could not sleep, I got up to send righteous thoughts. I went back to bed after the pain subsided. When the pain returned, I sent righteous thoughts again and did the exercises. When I was not able to sleep, I studied the Fa and sent righteous thoughts. This went on repeatedly and I slowly fell asleep. My son asked the insurance company to negotiate compensation for the car accident. He wanted a one million Taiwanese dollar settlement, about $32,000 US, and if the other party would not concede, he would sue them. I told an agent for the insurance company no one wanted this to happen. Furthermore, the other party has a family to support. What would happen to him if we asked him to pay so much money in compensation? Just ask him to pay the medical fees. When learning that I practiced Falun Gong, the agent said, How come there are such good people? If someone else was hit so severely, he would try to ask for a lot of money. I phoned my son and said, That driver is around your age. We should put ourselves in his situation. Let's forgive him. You are also kind and often help others. Let's handle it this way. My son replied, As you wish. A friend said to me, You are remarkable. You recovered so quickly. It's a miracle. I replied, It's not me who is remarkable. It's Falun Dafa. Falun Dafa is extraordinary. It is not an ordinary Qigong. It is a high-level cultivation practice in the Buddha school. This friend said he saw how extraordinary Falun Gong is through the car accident, and he wants to practice it too now. I gave him a copy of Juan Falun and instructions on how to do the exercises. Although I still suffer from great pain, 
While writing this experience-sharing article, I recalled the accident, and my face is covered in tears. With encouragement from practitioners, I persevered and finished writing this sharing article. Master said in Lecture 2 of Juan Falun, quote, When you feel very uncomfortable, it indicates that things will turn around after reaching the extreme. Your whole body will be purified. It must be completely purified. The root cause of your illness has been removed, and what remains is only this bit of black chi that will come out on its own to let you suffer a little and bear some hardship. It wouldn't do for you not to bear even a little bit. Unquote. I have faith that as long as I truly practice cultivation, Master will look after things on my cultivation path, and so I leave everything up to Master to arrange. Fellow practitioners, I hope all disciples can practice cultivation solidly and steadfastly. Master is waiting for us. Thank you, Master and fellow practitioners. Thank you for listening to the Minghui Radio Podcast. For more information, including news about the persecution of Falun Gong practitioners in China and experience sharing stories by practitioners around the world, please visit our website at en.minghui.org.